a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Next is now. As Tokyo passed the torch to France during last night's closing ceremony, we're reminded that the Olympics continue to inspire us and they continue to go forward. Fraser Bullock, of course, was the COO of the Salt Lake Organizing Committee, and uh, he joined me earlier today as I was filling in for Dave and Dejanovic uh, to talk about the future of the Olympic Games. Take a listen. The winter, which to me has the speed sports that are so exhilarating and terrifying in some <laughs> cases. Having done the skeleton myself, I just think, oh, my gosh, how do they do that? And they fight for one one-hundredth of a second, and they – and the difference between gold and silver is so exciting. So it starts with the athletes. And I know there's some discussion around boycott or different things like that. We're hopeful that there is no athlete boycott, that the athletes need the opportunity to participate. Just like Japan stepped forward heroically to host the games even a year later and did a fabulous job in the, the most difficult Olympics ever, the athletes got to shine and inspire us. I'm hopeful that we'll see the same in Beijing, although there are many troubling atmospherics around Beijing, and there might be other things that are done. There's talk talk of a diplomatic boycott or something like that to uh, show our uh, displeasure with what's going on in China, but at the same time still allowing the athletes to participate. I think is an important balance that will be worked out. Uh, I think that's so vital. So that is going to be the debate moving forward is what, what kind of boycott is appropriate as it relates to China. Uh, some have called for the economic side of that uh, in terms of just dollars and cents and sponsorships. Uh, others have talked about a diplomatic boycott of not sending, uh, of course, senior leaders from all the different countries to China. Uh, I think what Fraser Bullock mentioned in terms of let's let's just make sure we don't make this an athlete boycott uh, in the uh, Olympic Games in uh, Beijing, uh, and so that's uh, those are all really critical things to me. Is that yeah? Let's get, let's keep the politics and and that out of it. Let's make sure we're not uh, upending these athletes who have sacrificed so much and uh, who are who should be and must be the the center and the focus of all the game. And that's what uh, I asked Fraser next. Uh, in our conversation earlier today on KSL News Radio, that if we can keep our focus on the athletes instead of the politics, the politics are what get in the way, uh, we can actually ensure that the Olympic Games go on. Everyone needs to focus on the athletes, their stories, their opportunity to shine and inspire us. And if everybody focuses on that, yes, there's going to be work going around in the background. 
uh, as there is for any games, including our games in 2002. We had issues. Yeah. Security issues were massive. But our focus always was the athletes, the field of play, uh, allowing them to compete at their very, very best. And then finally, in my conversation with Fraser Bullock, uh, of course, he understands uh, the venues here in Utah, what it took to create those Olympic venues. And then most important, uh, what it has taken to sustain those venues. Uh, this has been a, an interesting thing to look at in host cities over the years. Uh, we've already seen some of the, uh, the awful images uh, coming out of uh, Brazil and how many of the Olympic venues that were used just five years ago uh, are, are just uh, breaking down, not being maintained, and, and how Utah One showed the world that you could do it different and how that might best position Utah for a future Winter Olympics. I'm biased. I think Utah <laughs> is the best place in the world to host the games because we do have all the venues. We have superb infrastructure. We have wonderful, welcoming people that demonstrated that in 2002 within a very compact geography. When you look at other games, it's, it, it's more spread out, but this provides a better experience for the athletes because yeah. they're together in a village and they can um, mingle with people all over the world. So we are the best, in, in, in my opinion, in terms of all those elements. Now, the process is very much different. It used to be seven years out, the games were awarded at a, a session of the IOC. Right. And there were competitive votes and things like that. That's gone. And so now it's called a dialogue process. And we are in that dialogue process with the IOC. We let them know we've, uh, we're interested in hosting a future games either in 2030 or 2034. They've been appropriately focused on Tokyo, but now that those games are passed, we hope to step up our efforts in partnership with the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee to push more aggressively forward our vision, our hope, and our um, focus on either 2030 or 2034. All right, 2030 or 2034. Of course, uh, there is a summer games in Los Angeles coming up in between there. That might have an impact on when Utah might have another shot at hosting an Olympic Games. Uh, but again, I think there are just so many different lessons to, to take home from Tokyo, uh, including, including Tokyo itself. Uh, this was a, a real rough patch uh, for Japan, uh, both in terms of the pandemic uh, in terms of the government's response, uh, in terms of vaccines and uh, people being resistant or reluctant to to get those. Uh, but I think all in all, I think uh, the Japanese people uh, rallied, as they always do, for the common good, as uh, they had volunteers uh, who did all kinds of things under really unique uh, circumstances and situations to make sure that the world did feel welcome. They, they also took great pains to make sure that the athletes felt honored and respected. And even though they couldn't uh, fill the stadiums with cheering fans and even uh, supporters, uh, the, the Japanese people did what they could do. And I actually loved it in the, uh, in the women's gold medal basketball game. 
uh, which featured, of course, the the powerhouse of the United States women's team, uh, a real dynasty and legacy of its own, and the host Japanese basketball team, uh, who had made just a, a really great run through the tournament, made it all the way to the gold medal game. And so in that game, they allowed some fans in the stands, and the fans were the volunteers, uh, those who had sacrificed so much during the course of the fortnight of the Olympic Games. And uh, it was great to have them in the stands to see their home country taking on a uh, a great U.S. squad. And, of course, the, the U.S. Uh, prevailed in the end. But what a great moment for the host nation to be in a position to take on the United States in basketball. Uh, and that was actually a really fun game to watch. Uh, there were a lot of other lessons that came out of the games uh, it definitely was a game of uh, great balance uh, in terms of men's and women. I loved that we saw relay races uh, that included women and men, uh, both in swimming. We had a mixed uh, medley race uh, with men and women uh, in the pool. We also saw it on the track. Uh, we saw it in the uh, triathlon uh, in terms of some mixed teams, and I thought that was a great thing. Uh, I think it was also d- just great for women in general in terms of uh, all of the, the different uh, competitions. And I think for the U.S. women in particular, uh, I think this is one of the great unreported facts of the game. So if you took just the United States women who competed and won medals, uh, if they were a country, if the United States women were a country, uh, they would have had the third highest total of medals. Think about that. Just the U.S. women uh, would have been the third highest total uh, out there. And so uh, the U.S. women did do a a great job and uh, had a lot of great successes there and a lot of great stories, uh, as always, coming out of the Olympics. There is one more story uh, coming out of the Olympics, and you're going to have to stay with us until 2.50. In our final segment today, we're going to break that one down. It is inspiring Uh, And it is one that I just absolutely love. So stick around for that as well. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. We have been very concerned seeing the Taliban move forward uh, really with reckless abandon in Afghanistan. Our good friend Miles Hansen from World Trade Center Utah is going to help us break down the impact of that globally and right here at home. Coming up next on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.